Welcome to Paradise Paradox. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. So we're still here out in our secret location in rural Mexico. And uh, you, you can't see from this camera angle, but right in front of us is a, a tunnel, like a collapsed tunnel, uh, which apparently used to, to, to lead to a, a, a network which runs under these houses and around between the neighbors and stuff. Um, to, so people could hide. Uh, you said it was during the uh, the revolution. Is it like when? All, yeah. Yeah. All these tunnels were made um, during the civil war and the revolution in Mexico, eighteen no, nineteen ten. Mm. Um, and all these houses are connected by tunnels. But now that they haven't been used and abandoned, most mm. of the tunnels have been. Uh, I think most of them have been collapsed on purpose. Mm. They don't want people in the tunnels anymore yeah but uh yeah there's tunnels that go all over this place all the way down the river right from mountain to mountain mm. i mean who wants who wants people rocking up taking your land and gold <laughs> yeah fight for your right to party <laughs> fight for your right to farm and drink pulque <laughs> it's a good life <laughs> yeah cool uh should we do an intro intro What do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about uh, ghosts and dreams and and uh, sleep paralysis and a few creepy things like that. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've both experienced uh, a different range of, of these type of... I mean, everyone dreams, hmm. but whether, whether they're able to interpret what their dreams are and, and the episodes that happen within their dreams. Um, here, in, here in Mexico, dreams are... Well, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis and believe a lot of power that's come, that comes through dreams. Mm, mm. And uh, it's, I mean, every family has someone that dedicates themselves to, to reading the dreams and understanding what, uh, what they're all about. I mean, there's a couple of my uncles and aunties that, that like to hear about dreams. Mm. Okay. And have you ever had a, a dream reading by them? Uh, well, well, no. Uh, oh no! I mean, I guess when we were sitting down having coffee, we always talk about you know what we dreamed and whoever had whoever's had a dream recently. Yeah. But um, I mean, having been married a few months ago, prior to that, there was a lot of dreams of me dying. Mm. Like I have family members, uncle, a couple of uncles in particular, have a dream of, of that that I died, and apparently it's quite a common dream to have. When you're getting married, or yeah. Okay, because it's uh, it's meant to represent like a new life or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, you not, know, the, not a bad omen then. No, no, <laughs> definitely no. It's it's not. Um, but I mean, that I, I don't think very few dreams are bad, but because mm. they're so unreal and so not not what you're used to in life, yes. most people would most people would jump to say, "Oh, I had a dream that you know Aaron died. He's going to die." He's in, you know, it's not that literal. Yeah, yeah. There's something more to it. Well, I I always think that um, like there's a, a, a certain memory technique like if you if you need to remember three things uh then you you create this biz, bizarre image in your head and that'll make you remember it easier like say, say if your your grandpa tells you uh that you need to water the lawn um that that evening uh you you picture in your head your grandpa riding uh, riding a, a giant hose snake down the road <laughs> and you're not going to forget 
because it's so bizarre and absurd. And and that's what I think a lot of dreams are, are just uh, like your memory or reorganizing itself through these bizarre situations, which which create uh, new neural pathways and enable you to remember. Um, that's a that's a really good way of explaining how how dreams can be so abstract. Mm, mm. Because there's no rules. Yeah. You know, we're not bound by, by the physics of this reality. Mm, yeah. So yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people had dreams when they go flying and stuff like that. Um, lucid dreaming. It's quite yeah. common. Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting with the lucid dreaming. It's not, not so long that it's been accepted as something that's real. Because um, say, say even 50 years ago, if you told a... Some, a psychologist or something like that that you, you had a dream where you were actually aware and awake, they would say well that doesn't make sense because, <laughs> because to, to be awake is to be awake and, and to be asleep is, is when you're not awake so you can't be conscious and dreaming um, but of course that's now just about everybody knows how false that is um, just about everybody I think has, has had a lucid dream Well the, the idea of understanding the levels of consciousness between reality and, and dream mm. realities. Mm. Uh, I mean, we go through phases of consciousness during the day. Yeah. Like, during, everyone knows when you wake up, that first half an hour, you're not going to be as conscious as what yeah. you are after, you know, just before lunch in the middle of the day. Yeah. And then again, later at night, or just before you're about to go to bed, we're constantly going through, mm. through different ranges of consciousness. Mm. And so, what about, um, and, and then the phenomenon... Uh, which is very common, is the, is the old hag syndrome. Oh, yeah, we've talked a bit about this. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that? What, what is the, the old... Is that, a lot of people talk about the old hag, that, as in they... Or, I, don't, I, I think they've all got different faces, maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's different to every, every person. Yeah. But the experience, what, what, what did you call that? What do, what do I call it? Yeah, like, well, the, well, the, the idea it's of the old hag. It's a hypnopompic experience. I mean, like you're having an experience where you're coming to consciousness but you're not quite there yet uh so it's uh, like you have you have the sleep paralysis and at the same time you you're having this dream or this vision uh, or the, even just a, pre- a sense of presence that somebody's in the room uh and like uh do you, do you remember the last time you had that experience uh yeah well okay well, i'll call it the old hag because yeah. sometimes it could just be a like uh, a, a dark figure, yeah, or or a, yeah, like a humanoid type um, type yep. shadow. Yes, that, that could be. You might not even see it, but you feel like it's in the corner of your room, or at the end of your bed, or at your door. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it was actually about yeah about a year ago. Um, I think it was a mix between that old hag experience and uh, a, a type of uh, paralysis, mm-hmm. because I, I actually I thought I woke up. Yep. Like you, you feel like we, in my experience, I was uh, I was visiting family members out in another country town, mm-hmm. and I woke up, and at the time I didn't realize I was still dreaming. Mm. The, the dream went to, I, I realized that I couldn't move exactly the same as what I would normally. So I was kind mm. of bound to my bed, like weighted down to my bed, and I did feel a character, a presence of mm. of someone else being in the room right mm. at the end of my bed. Mm. And at first you don't think about it, and you think, okay, you know, someone else in the room just. Uh, or someone else has got up before you and they're going to the bathroom or something. Yeah. But then when you can't move, all of a sudden you, you, there's like a, a slight panic that comes in, like there's something else happening here. Yeah. And then, then the figure 
well, it moved from the corner of the room to the end of my bed, and mm. I couldn't move at that point. I was, I, was, I was completely stuck in trying to get up or move or even just talk or make, yep. and, and make sound or just call out for someone. Yep. Uh, I felt like there was pressure on my shoulders, like mm-hmm. pushing me down into the bed. The more I struggled to wake up out of the dream, the more I felt like I was getting pushed down. Mm-hmm. But, but that, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't exactly scared. I just didn't know what was happening. Right. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people, when they have sleep paralysis or the, or the old hag syndrome, like even just with sleep paralysis alone and not even seeing the vision, a lot of people freak out because they've never heard of this type of thing before. It's not. It's probably not discussed as much as it should be because uh, it causes people a lot of undue stress because they have no idea what's happening. <laughs> this is like if uh, if you got your first period and nobody had ever told you something, something like that. Um, but uh, that can be quite a daunting experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so actually, I'm, I've got a couple of techniques. When I'm in sleep paralysis, I don't think I've ever tried them when I've had the old hag visit me. But, but uh, when I'm in sleep paralysis, sometimes I use these techniques to to wake myself up. Um, so, so there's a couple of things I do. Um, the first thing is, like, your entire body is paralyzed normally, except for like um, your eyes. Uh, and your breathing. You can normally still control your breathing. Um, so one one common way to, to get yourself out of this state is to start hyperventilating. So just uh, breathe in, breathe out really quick, as quick as you can. And because of that, you've got this sudden rush of oxygen and your body's like, oh, you know, it kind of shakes you out of that state. And another thing which I do, uh, which is it's, it's a little hard to describe, but the, the thing is when you're in sleep paralysis, um, a lot of the time it's like you, um, if you're trying to move, it's like you're moving your phantom limbs or your dream limbs, but not your actual limbs. Or I've, I've had experiences where I was in sleep paralysis, I closed my eyes and I went to roll over and I'm like, yep, I rolled over. But then I opened my eyes and I realized I hadn't moved at all. Um, but, um, what I, what I realized is you, if you move your, you move your arm forward, you keep moving it forward, uh, until it starts rotating around and going behind you and then, uh, keep pushing it (laughs) in, in a way that you can't physically do it normally. Yeah. But because it's a, because it's a, an imagined or a, or a dream limb, a phantom limb, you, you can keep doing it. Um, but then your, your brain is going to be like, huh, this isn't supposed to happen. And, and then it normally breaks you out of it. I like, I like that exercise. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot, I mean, for myself, it's becoming more common that I'm, that I'm, I'm in a dream, but I don't realize that I'm dreaming or that I've woken up into a dream. Mm. So it's like if you just get in a habit of doing this in the morning when you wake up, Hmm. It's like, and then all of a sudden you start doing it naturally in all your dreams, and oh, yeah. then you realize that you're dreaming. <laughs> but then at that point, you can choose to keep carrying on with the dream. Yeah. No rules. Okay. You want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though I don't know because if you do that in your dreams, you might you it might startle you when you wake up. But I guess it it depends if you're used to it. Well, I'm, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to expand my my dreamscape. <laughs> like I, so far that you can you can stretch your arms right behind you or over your head. <laughs> well, I, I like to do a stretch in the morning. Bend, bend your elbows backwards. And... Well, it would be cool. It's a cool little test to know that you are dreaming mm. and then at that point you can utilize the dream. Mm. Ask mm. yourself, ask your super consciousness questions mm. and let it display, I don't know, future realities. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. Dreams seem so potent. I don't mm. know what they're, I don't know what the limitation of a dream could mm. be. It's like you're floating there in, in your 
super consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is pretty cool. You can be like, uh, you know, you don't need to take drugs to have a trip because every night you go to sleep and you have a vision. The trick is remembering it. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, we, we were talking about how many, how many old hag dreams we might have had and, you know, we've, everyone's had at least a handful. Yeah. Uh, at least a handful that I can, I can remember that left an impression on me. But how many, how many are there that I don't remember? Yeah. Or that I just wake up like nothing happened? Yeah, yeah, probably hundreds. I, re- I remember I had one where there was like death, the Grim Reaper was sitting in the corner of my room in, in, the, in the chair. Uh, that was pretty creepy. <laughs> um, Talk to him? <laughs> no, no. It was, I, I believe it was only brief experience. Was that a while ago? Yeah, that, that was like 10 years ago. Well, he's still here, so it's definitely in the wrong room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but you, yeah. You, you mentioned rolling over in your sleep, like rolling over and realize, waking up and realizing you haven't moved yeah. at all. Yeah. I think the, the rolling out of bed mm. is, is a common... You, you lay in the middle of your bed and you feel like you roll off the end of your bed. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Have, have you experienced that? I don't know, not for a long time, but you know that the sensation of falling in your dreams, of course, is a very common one. Yeah. And then you 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 wait, you jump in your bed. Or you, you wake up just, just before you splat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were saying something about changing channels when that happens. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 No. Okay. No, this this is only very new. Yeah. To me, because normally I I, I have a recurring dreams of being attacked by lions. Or having bulls run through my house, and, you know, and like their aim is to to kill me. Right. Um, and about six months ago, no, a little bit longer than that, mm. I I just I got sick of the same dream. Mm. And um, when the bull went to charge me in my within my own house, yep. I, I went to charge the bull, and I was like pulling this this courage out of doing things that you wouldn't normally do, but <laughs> but accepting your fate. <laughs> so, but when when the bull and I headbutted together. It's like it, the, the dream changed. Mm. The dream changed, and it was me with my head against a mirror. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't told you about this one. No, no. A few friends know. I mean, I will to talk dreams and things, but no, this, that was that was probably the first time that I really stepped up and and did something that I was out of my out of my normal behavior. Normally, you, you try climb a tree or try run to another room, and, and you, you, you're scared. Right. Okay, you're flustered about this whole experience. It should not be a bull trying to kill me in my lounge room. I was watching TV. And then, you know, it's... It, actually, I, I, I'm starting to like those dreams now. Because you, you have a choice to challenge yourself. Right. But, and there's always a changeover. I'm trying to think of the last, the last one that I had that I changed over. I think we may, we may have talked about it. Yeah. When it won't happen. Um, my last dream that changed over. It was only, it was only this, this last week. Uh-huh. Um, it, was, it was nothing to do with a bull. No, it was a lion. I was, in yeah. a, I was at a circus. I was at a <laughs> okay. circus, and the, the animals escaped. Yeah. Actually, I think it, it might have been um, people that I was with that was letting the animals out. Yeah. And they, they let the lion out. Yeah. But for some reason, I, I realized we probably shouldn't let the lion out. And as I was running over to, to close the, the, like the, the jail-type gate, with, yeah. you know, the barred gate, yeah. um, he put his paw through. Okay. So I, I couldn't I couldn't shut the door, uh-huh. and obviously the lion, like you know, four hundred kilos or I don't know, they're, they're big animals. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't push the door against him. <laughs> he didn't he didn't seem that bad. I mean, he just wanted to get out. <laughs> so when so he got his paw in, and then some when they're banging the door, he got his other paw out, and when, when I realised that there's no way I'm shutting this gate, hmm. I just I just let him go, and hmm. then he ran he ran towards me as if he was going to attack me. 
Mm. I mean, this is probably within the space of a few meters. Yeah. And uh, I just went to give him a hug. <laughs> and then he started playing with me like it was like a normal. Like I, I went from being terrified to to hanging out with a pet. <laughs> this huge big lion. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that well, that was only last week. <laughs> cool. Well, I, I, a common dream that I've had like scores of times over the years is is the one where I lose my teeth. Have you ever had that? Never. No? Okay. Or sometimes there's like a hole in my teeth and, and it's bleeding out and I'm like, oh, what, you know, what did I do? Why did I forget to brush? Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Or the teeth just straight up drop drop right into the sink. You That's know? insane. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it's really common. A lot of people I, I've met have had it. And um, uh, I remember I read one interview with the, the rapper, Buck65, and he he... Uh, that I can't. I think they kind of sp- spun it a bit in the article, the way they wrote it. But but the point was the the guy kept having having this retur- recurring dream of losing teeth, and uh, then one night he's just like fuck it. He spits all his teeth out. <laughs> like yeah, what's up? Don't need these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like you know I'm letting the chips fall where they may. Um, whatever, whatever comes, comes. <laughs> yep. and, and after that, you know, he didn't. He never had that dream again. I think those kind of experiences are, are, are really important. Mm. Like we, we are able to confront something. Because normally, I mean, dreams are quite abstract, and it's not exactly what you're trying to confront. Yeah. But when when you are able to, to have a fear and just realize that fear is there's, there's no need for it. Mm. Like, there, there's no um. Well, it's, it's a negative emotion. Mm. It's like there's, there's no uh, maybe it's like a protective thing. But yes. when you realize that you are dreaming, then you can choose not to not to let it affect you so much. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, um, I might have to do some research into this, but I wonder, like, at a kind of level of personal development, like people who have lucid dreams, uh, actively active dreamers, I wonder if they, they actually find it easier to confront their fears. And my guess would be that they would because they can always... Um, they can play out the scenarios in, in their dreams and, and find ways to conquer them. Yeah, it makes sense that they, they would be able to, to face anything, knowing yeah. that they, they can ultimately accept yeah. whatever fate's going to come upon them. Yeah, yeah. And if you... <laughs> it's like um, in in the book, The, the Way of the Samurai, um, it, it mentions like a, a, a great warrior will envision his death by millions by by hundreds of of different ways like by seppuku get, getting your guts f- fallen out from uh from from a katana to the stomach and uh being crushed by um 10 story tall tidal waves and stuff like this and he he imagines it he sees it before it happens so when it actually happens it's like this you know i'm ready for this Being i've here, seen done it. that <laughs> yeah so i'm not gonna so. do that again <laughs> this time i get away <laughs> yeah so it's it's like he's so de- desensitized to death he's he's uh, not worried about it well that, that's that's like just utilizing your your imagination yeah your creativity to yeah. to pre to preempt yep you know negative negative uncomfortable situations and knowing that you know you're going to be okay mm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pretty powerful technique. Yes. Yeah. I've tried visualizing it a few times. I don't know if it affected my fear of death uh, <laughs> at all, but I don't. I don't have much of a fear of death, so maybe it worked. Yeah, that, that's something I don't. I don't really fear death much either. I yeah. think it's it, death has been something that we've been programmed to try avoid. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not supposed like to definitely die. avoid it, but yeah, but, um, I, but I think it's. I mean, it may more so in our culture where we're yeah. being programmed to know that this is our only life. That this is mm. it. This is the, the final frontier. This is our. Mm. This is our life, and death means it's the end of everything you're ever going to experience. Mm. But uh, I mean, you look back at other civilizations like like the Mayans and Aztecs that had they had sporting games, arenas built for these yep. games, and it was honourable to win and then die. Yeah, it was like you know you 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 won your passage. Yeah, or it, it, oh, the 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 way I heard the story, like when they play that bar, that ancient form of basketball. Like if if you win, you get the the glory, the gold, the women, the respect, everything. Um, and if you lose, you get sacrificed. So either way, it's a good outcome. <laughs> that's that's the way the the players saw it. Apparently. Well, I, I heard a lot of the winners got sacrificed as well. Okay, yeah, I guess a high I mean, quality stock. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the the idea of sacrificing. Um, I mean, uh, these civilizations knew a lot more than we did in regard to dreams and mm. incarnations, reincarnations. Mm. Uh, the, the idea of that, if we talk about pyramids, just briefly, yeah. these pyramids weren't, weren't built for us. Mm. They were built as, as like time capsules for their own people to be able to get reincarnated and continue their journey, to continue their, their knowledge. Really? Okay. But were they just for the kings or what's the story? Uh, I, I think they are for all the people. Because um, in, the, in the first episode, we briefly we mentioned there's two there's two main reasons, abstract reasons why why the pyramids were made. Mm. And the first one was oh, the Egyptian the, ones, or the, yeah. Well, or the let's ones. talk. Well, I mean, they're, they're all essentially made for the same reasons. Okay. So uh, the the Egyptian ones we mentioned that are completely aligned with the planet and the, the axis, and they they kind of stabilize the the, the movement of where mm. the where the planet is, and that's why they are true north, which which was a post outcome. Mm. But the other reason that we didn't mention was that these are like big med- meditation or um, mind sensory deprivation right. machines. <laughs> where, where, I mean, you, you know, like the, the people here have well, the, the idea of a of going into a, a mind sensory deprivation tank, you know, the, the salt water filled tank where they where mm. you where you go into because of the water is the same temperature as your body yep. and the, the, you don't feel the the edge of your the limitation of your inside world, the outside world, yep. and then you, you just dream. Mm. Apparently these pyramids had the same, the same amount of power. And right. you, you could go down into, into their main chambers, and because it was so dark, and something yeah, about Because the, it's sort of like kind of underground, it's temperature controlled. Yeah, everything. Uh, I think it was more maybe frequency energy based, yep. but you were, able to, you, were, you were able to superpower your dreams. Just, mm. just tap into that space so much, so much quicker. Mm. And it was... Well, I mean, it's almost like someone taking drugs to do the exact same thing. It's yeah. Like, you know, we're talking there's more than one way to take a trip. And yeah. these, these guys were able to build the same, the same way, you know, you can buy a, a mind sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. Why not build a pyramid in your backyard and go chill out in that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's just an idea. If you have some slaves lying around, you know, put them to work. 14,000 or so? <laughs> yeah. Just an entire empire ready to sacrifice themselves at any moment. Just so you can get get your dreams on yeah <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah but i've also thought maybe the idea of lucid dreaming if you if you did get it down to a to a t where you could just you could realize you're in a dream and then mm. control it so that you could teach yourself how to play the violin mm. and every night because it was a dream you could get four hours of of practice done mm. or at least every week yeah. you know yeah. you, you get hours of practicing but it was never affecting your real your real life mm. 
But at some point, you've got to realize that you can play the violin in your dream. Why can't you play it in real life? Yeah. And then yeah. just do it. Yeah, but that, that's, I mean, that's actually a technique that high-level athletes use. Not, not in their dreams necessarily, but they'll, um, they'll, they'll do visualization. So say they, they, they learn a new technique, a new spin, a somersault, whatever. And uh, then they, um, they, they try it, like say they practice it for an hour or, or three hours in real life. Um, but then when they go home, they're still practicing in their mind. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll repeat it like a thousand times in their mind. The next day they come in and their, their muscle memory is already adapted because of that extra training. And, and even, um, actually, I, I remember reading one article um, years ago which said, uh, like, say you do um, bicep curls. Um, if, you, if you do them in real life, yeah, um, you'll, you'll get tr- stronger. Um, but even if you just visualize them, uh, you will still get stronger. This is like 10 or 20% of the effect of actually doing it. But still a, a measurable effect. I saw the, experi- uh, the, the experiment where they had runners and they, yep. they had the, the, those things that stick on your head to check the, the, the yep. mind you know, activity. Okay. And like EEG. I think so. Yeah. They were able to, to have, have them, they asked them to visualize running. Yeah. And then they actually had them on a treadmill running. Yep. And the exact same signals... Yep. In, in your brain and your know, nervous system twitches mm. were, were exactly the same. Mm. In saying the mind doesn't realize whether you're doing something for real yep. or not, it makes no difference. Yep. And I, uh, I think that's that's going to be interesting in the future too, because like, what if we get uh, prosthetic limbs, like extra limbs um, that are maybe re- they're robotically controlled, and and you use them with your mind and pick up your your brain waves, the, the and, synapses, and yeah. Um, so you visualize moving this new hand and it actually starts to move or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to do some training, but why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, then, the brain instrument isn't, we don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I mean, let's say there's no limits. Hmm. It's like, well, when do we run out of memory? It's, it's not like a computer where we're limited to memory. It's like we're an infinity machine. <laughs> infinity machine. That's cool. You should have called that podcast the Infinity Machine. That's a... <laughs> no, we can always start another one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe season two. <laughs> but when you realize there's no limits to what you're doing, and there's a whole new, there's a whole other world yeah. uh, in, in dream space, then, uh, I mean, it's, it'd be good to know what you want to do with your life hmm. rather than just floating through. Hmm. Hmm. So start dedicating some, some higher order function yeah. to, uh, to things that are worthwhile. Hmm. Yeah putting a podcast together about high order functions. <laughs> do you do you visualize still having conversations like this? <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I think a lot of practice just talking shit otherwise. I, I haven't, but I have been known to talk a lot of shit. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe I've been practicing in real life. What a waste of time. <laughs> what a, oh, that's good preparation time. Do you visualize much? Um, no, recently. I, I've, I've never been good at it and I guess I, I've never quite got over that initial hump of of uh, how, how difficult it is, it seems. So like even when when I visualize it, um, it seems like ev- everything is all black. Like because I got my eyes closed, everything is all black. I can I can kind of make out these faint figures. Which yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking with with visualization, mm. it's something that you forget to do. Mm. Yeah. Like everyone knows that it's, it's a powerful tool, mm. but I, I can't think of the last time I visualized. Mm. Yeah, me neither. 
maybe maybe I'm doing like a business plan or trying to put together a project. Hmm. I have a, I have a vision of how it wants to come out and what steps I need to do to to get that outcome. Yeah. But as for like everyday life and just improving yourself, I, I haven't visualized. Hmm. I feel like I've been letting myself down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something to work on. That's a big avenue of, of potential. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we're getting back to uh, the old hag. So the, the old hag in the, in Spanish they call it the the old witch or la bruja vieja. Um, uh, and some people call it if if sex is involved, it's it can be called a succubus or an incubus. As a succubus is a female demon, generally that has sex with with uh, males in their sleep, and and um, an incubus is a male demon that has sex with females in their sleep. Uh, and uh, actually, there's a, uh, I remember reading about cases of phantom births. So there, people would say that. Um, the the woman had sex with uh, with an incubus in her sleep, and then her belly would expand over the nine months, and then um, you know she'd try to give birth, but there was nothing there. It was just like her uterus had filled up with air. This is a thing. Uh, I'm not sure. I was I, I read about it ages ago. I don't I don't remember the source. I don't I don't remember if it's. Um, I'm sure there's many, just an old many guys that would love a female demon to come into their room. <laughs> Can you call upon this? <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, you probably can. There's probably ways of doing it. Whoa. Incubus. Incubus, succubus. I, I don't know where those names come from. It might, might be from Greek. They sound, they sound Greek. Yeah, I suspect it's Greek. And um, but my a, a friend of mine actually had a nasty experience with the old hag, where she came into his dream and and uh, he he doesn't have a strong memory of what happened. Um, just that, you know, he felt the presence. I think he probably felt the, the pressure on his chest when he tried to move. Um, but when he woke up in, in a few hours, he felt like he'd been violated. He, he literally felt like he had been raped. And, um, like, it's such a strong, strong feeling. Like, it was something real to him at the time. Um, later, he became more skeptical. And I don't think he... Uh, I, he he doesn't really believe that um, but it, it was actually something independent of, of his consciousness that happened. He, think, he generally thinks it's something in his brain. But more actually, more recently, he started to say, I don't know if these things have uh, have an independent reality a lot or not. Because he, he's actually an active dreamer. He uh, has a lot of lucid dreams. Actually, here's this interesting technique... Um, where he'll wake up in the middle of the night and then he'll go and sit in the middle of its lounge room and start meditating and he'll med- meditate into a sleep state and that's how that, that's one way he gets lucid dreams uh, this is really uh, how long ago was this for him? Um, pro- probably a, a few years like three years so within the three years he's gone from from having this traumatic experience to maybe it was just a dream to it's probably just a dream. <laughs> well, he went, he went to, it was probably just a dream. Like, well, that, that was how it was, uh, like, about a year ago when he first described it to me. But now I, his, um, 
I talked to him a bit about other experiences and he's like um, agnostic about it. He's like, I, I don't know if these things have a have an independent reality like beings he meets in his dreams and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he just doesn't know. Does he seek them out? Uh, like, does, he, does he try and manifest them in his meditations before he goes to bed? I, I don't know if he... Well, he, he probably doesn't seek out a psychopath. <laughs> Maybe he'll do something that, that he, he'd want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure he meets beings that he, he wants to meet again in his dreams. Um, Almost like a, like a channeling. Yeah. Hmm. Man, it seems so... This whole topic's so off the planet. <laughs> so I'm looking around for lions and things like, am I dreaming right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we need to keep checking. I'm hearing things moving around. I don't know. Maybe I should twist my arm around. Which way do you go? <laughs> no, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Seems real. How many, how many fingers do I have? Ah, just seven seven on each hand. Okay, I guess it's real. But it is But it is weird that people can can wake up and have, have scratches, marks hmm. on them. I mean, I've, uh, it's quite common in, in horror movies. Hmm. Uh, these kind of ideas where... The, the character would wake up and there's like a, a scratch down his back or there's blood in yeah. the bed. Yeah. Have you come I, across any of that? I've never personally witnessed it or ha, um, had an experience like that. I mean, I've had bruises um, that I can't account for. But yeah. That, that could be just catching a buster. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, knocking your knees. Getting, exactly. Getting drunk one night and forgetting that. Or something like that. That happens. Um, but the, the stigmata is apparently a real phenomenon. So, you know, this psychosomatic kind of things, or, you know, maybe it's a, an, an effect, an actual of, an actual effect of a, a, a real thing some, somehow impacting it. I, I couldn't, couldn't even speculate. Um, well, we, uh, previous, previously we spoke about energy as created through belief, hmm. through faith in, in, in a lot of religions. Yep. It's, it's used like this, um, I mean, last night we went to the, the festival here of Padre Jesus yeah. in, in the local town. Yeah. And it, it, you, it's, it's hard to understand exactly, uh, you know, where, where the people feel with, mm. the, with these sort of events. Like, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's, it's a religious event. Yeah. It's uh, very powerful for everyone that's part of it. Mm. Um, I've, I've recently, for the last couple of years, been visiting as well. Mm. And it's, it's interesting to see people account miracles mm-hmm. for, you know, for, for these, for these ceremonies, or, mm. you know, for going to mass, uh, for these beliefs. Mm. And, and it really draws people. Like we were there at midnight last night, midnight at two o'clock in the morning. And there was, there was a good 50 people in yeah. the church. Yeah. And they, they set up like 300 chairs. <laughs> uh, we, we didn't go in the morning. In the morning, oh, you right. wouldn't even that's get in. Uh, like that, that's okay, why I go okay. at midnight, so I can get a chair and I can relax. Yep. It's freezing, but uh, you know I, I, I can enjoy the experience and then go home and go to bed. That's, that's me done. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that stay. They stay there all night and then go to the mass and that the midnight mass and the eight o'clock in the morning mass. All right. Um, just to get a good spot. I guess. <laughs> no, I mean it, it must be some kind of meditation as well. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean sure. the, there are the just within my family. There's so many miracles that that's mm. come about. Hmm. Just through, through their faith. Well, there's uh, one of my, um, let's see, I, I'll say my, my auntie, but like a, a political auntie. Hmm. She, was, she was told she had cancer, uh, two weeks, you know, a month to live. Wait, hold on, you said a political auntie. Do you mean, do you mean 
not a blood dance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I'm thinking in Spanish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like they, they they say if you're not blood auntie or oh, right. blood family, then it's it's a political family. Okay. Okay. Yep, fair I, I don't know why they say that. <laughs> but that, that that's that's what occurred yeah, it's to kind me. Kind of a nasty expression. <laughs> like political auntie. Well, I didn't I didn't really know her very well. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's she's now part of the extended family. Yeah. And she was told she had two weeks, two weeks to live. Mm. She had, she had cancer. That's like as far as I know, it was cancer pretty much in every major organ. Like it was ex- it was mm. it was an extreme you know advanced case. Mm. And they, I mean, the family took a, a picture. Of Padre Jesus and put it in her in a hospital room, mm. and they they would pray with her. In so and by a miracle, she went from being critical with two weeks to live to completely coming back to being fine, no cancer. Mm. I mean, the story is a little bit more um, colourful in between. There's a few weird episodes, like uh, what happened was she uh, in within the two weeks she started losing all her body mass, mm. at, like she started even shrinking. I, I don't know if people shrink. Like she was, she's old. She's probably in her sixties. Okay. But she was, um, she in the process. I don't know whether it was the chemo or whatever. But she, she losing body mass. Maybe she didn't shrink, but she looked like she was smaller. Yeah. Uh, and they went to do, they went to do a test. Like they had yeah. to take her to another hospital to go do some testing to find out, you know, where to go check out how advanced her her cancer was. This, this is when it was already way past. They knew that was critical. Hmm. Um, apparently the the. The doctor that came to check on her yeah. doesn't exist. Never, okay. never, never registered in the hospital. Okay. A doctor turns up to her room and says, "Okay, time to go. Time to go do this test." But uh, we don't have the, the equipment here at this hospital, so we're going to take an ambulance to the other hospital. Right. In the whole process, she she went. Uh, my, one of my aunties went with her as well, hmm. and you know, hundred percent. This this really happened. Hmm. But there's no record of the ambulance leaving the hospital. There's no record of her leaving the hospital. Like she's not, she's not allowed to leave the hospital. But mm. apparently, some doctor turned up, went, you know, organised to take her to another hospital to do the checks and everything. Mm. And they brought her back. And when they're waiting for the the results, the doctor came in and said, "Yeah, you're fine. There's no cancer." Mm. And everyone swears this happened. Everyone says this is exactly what happened because there was, I mean, all her family that were there yeah. saw her leave her room, saw her get in an ambulance and go to another another hospital. Now, the other hospital has no record of her turning up. The, the doctor didn't exist. You know what I mean? So now it's like this huge story. Within the family, it's like this big family story about how powerful Padre Jesus is. Right. Yeah. Uh, that portrait of, of Padre Jesus, um, I don't like that portrait at all. It's very confronting, it's a, isn't it? It's a, like the, this, this... Is it just called Padre Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's like this, uh, this picture of Christ... He's, he's wearing a, a golden wreath, I think, of, of thorns. And uh, he's wearing these fine robes with uh, rosaries and, and ro- um, flowers around his neck. Um, and, and the gown looks really nice, but his face is like his next to death. He's struggling. Yeah. Like he's, he's in pain. Actually, I don't, I don't like the technique of the painting. I, th- I think his, his face doesn't look in proportion or something like that. But I guess maybe it's because it's supposed to be shriveled from... Yeah. yeah, it is like a, it does have a smaller, smaller face. Yeah, it, it is a very confronting picture. But that that picture has, I mean, its original name was Padre Jesus, mm. and it's it's become, well, I mean, we we never we never went and seen, but there are tens of thousands, maybe maybe a hundred thousand people that walk mm. from from Mexico City to get here. Yeah, 
Right. They, they walk from other towns to get here and or ride bikes or, or ride horses or yep. or whatever. But everyone makes like their their pilgrimage mm. out to this church, mm. and it's the image itself that everyone everyone holds. Mm. Even though it is a picture of Christ, yeah. it's like that particular picture of Christ has its name. Yeah. And everyone has a copy. Yeah. Might have a copy in my pocket. We <laughs> giving our cards last night. Cards. Yeah, cards are the, the picture. Oh, right. And then on the back, okay. it was um, like a message for the year. All right, okay. But, nice. the, but the, this idea of, the, of, of, I guess, taking a picture yeah. and then and giving it power by making everyone, by allowing everyone to believe one thing. I mean, yeah. how, how do you see well, that? that? But I see that as a, a big hypocrisy in the Catholic Church because they do that like with the, with the Virgin Mary. And, you know, the Virgin Mary is barely mentioned in the Bible. Um, so that's a, an especially weird case because, like, all over Latin America, there are shrines to the, the Virgin Mary, like, just in the street. You yep. walk down to the corner and there's just one sitting there so people can stop and pray in the middle of their work but, day. But it's, it's um, more than that because each... I mean, for example, in um, in Guadalajara, there's yeah. various there's various um, Guadalupes yeah. that are associated to different churches and, yeah. and they say that they, they this particular Guadalupe yeah. has done all these miracles yeah so the the virgin of guadalupe is like the story uh it's it's supposed to be kind of parallel to virgin mary in mexico and it's got this whole mythology around it um yeah i mean what 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 i don't like about it which i think you know what we're talking about uh in the uh with the story with moses yeah and how he, he climbed the rock got the ten commandments came back down and he found his people worshiping a gold bull. Yes, yes. It's like I feel like it's a, it's a little bit like that. It's exactly like that, and that's why I say it's very hypocritical. Because um, I, I I tell people like you know that's one of the commandments that thou shalt not worship craven idols. Um, yeah. But I I don't know because I, I I ask some people about the the Ten Commandments, Catholics in Mexico and Latin America, and yeah. a lot of the times I don't know them. And a lot of the time, the, t- the translation to Spanish is very different for that Craven Idols part. Uh, it's almost like it glazes over the, the fact that you're not supposed to have worship things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I've, I've noticed that with a lot of, a lot of scriptures, mm. that the, the translation is not exactly mm. pure. Yes. Like it's, it's, been, it's been painted with like a Latin stick. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, in, in the Lord's Prayer in English, um, you say, forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who've trespassed against me, which is very abstract. Like, what are you talking about? Somebody walking on your property? Like, why do you need to forgive them? Like, that's not really not a big deal. <laughs> well, they, um, yeah, okay. Appa- apparently, the uh, original text has something closer to, like, for- forgive my debts as I forgive my debts, um, uh, uh, as I forgive the, the debts of, of those with me. But are they, is that wrongdoings or are we talking about financial? I'm not, I'm not sure because it's open to interpretation. Of yeah. course, in, in Spanish, it's um, uh, disculpe me mis pecados, like forgive my sins. Yeah, which yeah. I think pretty, I mean, that, that seems to make more sense to me. Yes. Than, yes. than trespassing or, or debts. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know because that's a, um, I think that might have been a tradition in Israel, like one one day a year, or, no, one, one day every seven years, there would be a, a debt festival. So everybody who has debt, had debts would be forgiven. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> idea. <laughs> 
Um, but getting getting back to let's see the the old hag. So um, an interesting thing about this when I talk to somebody who's skeptical about it or. or yeah, someone like a hardline skeptic, um, they say, well, it's just a, you know, it's just a process in your brain. It's not something that's really happening. Um, and it's, you know, it's a bunch of chemicals in your brain. It's a, it's a sleep paralysis. Your body hasn't completely woken up yet. And your brain tries to make sense of what's happening. And, and sometimes that involves um, in, interpreting um, a, a pressure, uh, in, interpreting your inability to move as somebody actually holding you down. Yeah. And the th- um, let's see. I, t- I told you this this metaphor before. I, I'll use a slightly different metaphor, but it's I, I see it as like say if if uh, JFK appears on your television, um, you could say why is JFK on my television? And a completely factual answer is to say well they're, they're transmitting radio waves and the radio waves are picked up by your antenna and the television interprets the signal and produces an image and that's entirely factual but uh it's it's that's a that's a proximate cause it's it's not the ultimate cause so um, a less proximate cause would be to say well um JFK is standing in front of a, a camera in Washington DC um that's that's less proximate and of course that means that that is one reason why you are seeing JFK on the TV. Yeah, hundred percent valid. Yep. Uh, but a, a less, um, a, an even less proximate cause would be to say that um, this uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, and he's he's trying to warn the people, and that's a that's a, a different kind of answer to the question why it's like there's a significance there. Yep. So so my point is. Um, you can you can have this experience of the old hag, and people can say, "Well, it's just some it's something ha- that's happening in your brain." That can be entirely valid, but it's not necessarily the entire story. There can be a, le- a less proximate cause, which which is a a, a being which m- may have an independent reality from your consciousness, who who is interfering with your consciousness, and uh, a less proximate cause might be you know this uh, this thing is trying trying to wish you ill uh it's it's trying to attack you something like that and that's a, like a, a, a significance a meaning of the interaction could be trying to snatch your body yeah body yeah, it could, yeah it could be doing something like a skinwalker or something like that Did, you know it's, it's it, a common theme in movies <laughs> skinwalkers or, or, the, the, or the body idea snatchers of, yeah body snatchers the idea yeah. of uh, a soul entering your yeah 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 your vessel and mm. taking it for a drive mm. Mm. yeah well, that, that's something I, I read about. Like, people post these stories on 4chan. Uh, I mentioned 4chan. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you it, but, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know, but you explain <laughs> what 4chan is because it, it seems like something that I would now want to go investigate <laughs> I, and just, I just follow I, the, I the blog. I think it's almost dead now, but, but uh, 4chan, for years, it was this image board site where you could post images um, anonymously, and m- most people would post anonymously. M- hardly anybody would put a name to their posts. Okay. A- and so, it, you know, this is like the greater internet theory of assholishness. Um, when you get people who are anonymous, nobody knows who they are, uh, and you have, you know, you have this um, freedom from consequences. Of course, they post the ma- most vile, nastiest things 
Uh, so for that reason, it's called oh. the asshole of the internet. Freedom has a price. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's like it's, it's completely chaotic and uh, some very interesting things have, have come out of 4chan. Um, <laughs> In particular? <laughs> well, there's a... <laughs> well, like I was saying about this paranormal thing. So, so I mean, the, the paranormal board on 4chan is, like, full, full of people repeating the same old stories normally and they're, like, very, like, too open-minded people and they don't question what they read so much and they, they repeat all this nonsense and um, it's it's not that interesting. But um, once uh, something came up in, in another one, one of the forums, I think it was the military or the, or the gun forum, something like that, and people started sharing these, these weird stories about um, things that happened when they were going camping or when they were on base in the military. Uh, and a, a, a lot of the recurring themes was like, <clears throat> these these skinwalkers. So say, say someone goes out um, camping with the, with their friend. This is one story I read. Um, this is like their best friend, um, and they go out camping, and outside the tent they 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 normally see something happening. Um, they see a silhouette. Uh, they hear a, a weird scream, or they hear somebody mimicking their voice but in a way that sounds, like, scratchy and distorted. Um, so, so trying to say the same words, but it's coming out like the vocal cords are completely different. Um, well, you're and, saying that the person's trying to explain this or trying to, having a conversation, but their voice isn't coming out right? Or, no, I'm, or they I'm saying they hear, they hear something in the distance, like this animal, a beast in the woods oh, okay. that's trying to imitate their voice. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and so... Um, yeah, uh, the the dude goes to sleep, and um, in in the middle of the night, maybe he he wakes up and he sees something inside the tent, and he he sees it attacking his friend, something like this. Uh, but then the next morning, when they wake up, he notices his his friend is acting very strangely. It's like he he doesn't know almost how to operate his body. Um, he he is staring at his cell phone as if he's never used it before um, and trying to operate it and send text messages and he's speaking like a robot and very monotone How long does it last for? Well, in, in this story, the, the story goes that they, they, um, they pack up and they leave. They go, they go back home um, and the guy drops his friend off and basically they never talk again. Because he's like, I don't know what happened to my friend, but that is that is not my friend, and Ooh, and okay. a lot a lot of these stories, like I, a lot of these stories, um, they're interesting because I can I, I normally have a good feeling of when something is fictional because there's like subtle clues in in the language where you say, okay, well that's you know he's trying to play it up as a you know fancy narrative or something like that. Um, but these stories are generally very straight up, at least the, the better written ones. They're very, very straight up, like, this is what happened. I don't really know what happened, but that's that's just what it was. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so I've, I find this evidence very fascinating, but it's, I mean, it's not, <laughs> not, it's not something that I can say actually happened. But it's, it is very interesting. But there's been more than one case yes. of these sort of things happening, like these yes. phenomena. yes. Yeah. Well, some people would say, well, one person posted on 4chan first and everybody else copied. I don't know if that's, that's true. 
Well, they both watched Invasion and the Bony Snatchers. Well, I, I, I don't know. Think they're good it, stories, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, when when I think about stories like this, I yeah. like to think there's truth to, to everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't there. I'm not involved. So I can't say it didn't happen. Yeah. But maybe to that person that wrote it, it did happen. Yeah. So at that point, I need to respect the truth that he's saying. Hmm. And whether I choose to believe it or not has got nothing to do with the story itself. Yeah. So, yeah. so let, let's assume that it did happen like that. Hmm. I mean, I... I haven't had any experiences like that or mm. I lost any friends over things like that. But over time, people change. Yes. And, and friends kind of drift away. Yeah. To have it happen in one night seems... Mm. Well, I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen friends have um, like mental yes. illness episodes yes. and yes. I know they're not the same person. Yes, yes. And, it, and it's, it's hard because you, you know who the person is, you know how special they are to you. But then you can't, you can't extend the same, the same uh, trust. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you don't know how much that person's left or what happened or how yes. long it's going to be till they come back. Yes. I mean, and this, this could be just, just the aggressive friend that gets drunk and all of a sudden wants to like just start fights. Hmm. It's like, that's not my friend, but I know that he's been drinking all night and that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I know, that, comes that, out. Yeah, that's a real basic example. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess that, that's why I asked, how long did it last for? Yeah, well, yeah. According to this story, it was it was permanent, um, but who knows? Um, maybe, maybe it's a temporary effect. There. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so this is like you. Um, you told me this this place is kind of like the the, the land of ghosts and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of ghosts in this place. Um, I, I didn't see any. Maybe we should have gone exploring, like down to the river in the night or something like that. But, <laughs> I did have a, I did have a weird dream the other night, which was, uh, um, yeah, it was it was a creepy dream, and sometimes I get these creepy dreams. Not, it's not like a nightmare. It's it's different because there's, it's like there's a there's a point in my dream. There's um, when I have one of these dreams, there's always this definite point where I say something is is not right. This is strange. It's like there's a presence in my dream. Um, so I did ha- I had one of these dreams the other night. Where um, I had, let's see, I, I was go- going around the the longer version of the stories. I was go- I was going around Melbourne trying to find a certain electronics store, um, and I, I rem- I heard your voice tell me like a memory within the dream, tell- telling me that some of the roads were blocked off in in Melbourne for some some purpose, and then I, I noticed there were a lot of military around. Um, the, um, the there was roads blocked. Um, but then I decided to go past the roadblocks. I was apparently having an out-of-body experience within my dream, I fly, <laughs> flying past the roadblocks. Um, and, and I got to the area where this, uh, where, where this um, electronic store was supposedly located. But it was on the second story of the city because for some reason in this dream, this uh, Melbourne is multi-layered. Um, and well, like, like every reality, multiple layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is a two two story or three story city. So uh, so I start cool. flying up, um, but then I, I falter and I, I I make a mistake with my flying and I fall to the ground and I wake up. Except I don't actually wake up; it's a false awakening. And I'm I'm in the the house of my parents. I'm lying on the floor um, in an indeterminate room, either in my old bedroom or in the in the lounge room, and I I'm. 
and and this uh, like slightly coincides with reality because of course I was in in reality I was sleeping on the floor of the tent. Um, but I'm tu- I'm turned on my side and I see like this this desk, um, or a table, and it has uh, pieces of paper propped up as if um, you were, you were using it to um, to read while you typed something like that. Okay. Uh, and um, then uh, the the pieces of paper start to develop faces, uh, and then there start to be more and. And more faces, just uh, like um, I the mean, same kind of face, more or less. Because I mean, they're, they're in different proportions. Um, like some some of them are bigger than others. None, none of them are larger than like ten centimeters, and uh, ten, ten centimeters in height. And they they've all got the same color because it's it's like it's it's like pitch. Well, it's not pitch dark, but it, it's it's very dark in in the room where I am, and. Um, so I, I can't make out any color. So it's like these gray faces, and th- there starts to be more and and more of them. And that's when I start to get this feeling like this isn't right. Like some there is something entering my dream. Yeah. And um, and that's when I decided to wake up. Well, here in Mexico, it's very common. The f- mm. the, the concept of faces mm. is like. There are other entities, other beings, trapped souls. I hmm. call them whatever you want. Hmm. But yeah, if you say that you saw heaps of faces, changing faces in your dream, hmm. then, then that's like other entities trying to enter. Hmm. Because there's quite often, um, everyone, I mean, I'll say everyone here, like family-wise, everyone, we, we talk a lot of dreams. They yep. know when they see faces, like in their, in their dream state, they walk hmm. past a, a building and they see faces in the glass windows yeah. or in the reflection of car windows or hmm. things. That's like entities trying to enter your dream wow okay that's what they say so the fact that you had that well that the dream here when you Hmm. also two days ago yeah yeah the night before last yeah yeah so um yeah it's not it's not the first time i've had that kind of feeling that was something in my dream but this time um well a lot of the times it's a i've had it it's a bit more threatening there's um some like I remember, I had one dream where I, I, I came home and uh, to to a house that I've never lived in. It looked like it was on a street in Mexico City in in Chapultepec, and I, and I, I went up the stairs, and there was this guy knocking on my door. Um, I'd, I'd seen him in the street. He had this this black hat and uh, indistinguishable face, and he was like, "I'm you know I know what you've done." I know what you've done. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get you. And then he started threatening my younger brother. Do you know what um, he did? Well, in, in that dream, uh, it was to do with me hiding gold by the riverbank. <laughs> yeah, you've been um, known to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that's the thing because when when he came into the dream, I'm not sure if he had he knew what ha- had happened before in the dream. So I I don't know if he was accusing me of something completely different. Um, <laughs> that's crazy but, so, but, you, but you felt like as a possibility that he was accusing you of what happened in a previous dream like as if it was no, like in, the, in, in that dream but before he had he had entered because mm. he had only entered when I was walking home on that street and okay. I saw him in a car yeah yeah and yeah so uh, I, I woke up from that dream and had you know goosebumps um, over, over like half of my body and uh, that 
yeah, I went up and I got up and burnt some sage. Actually, after after that dream, because this is uh, in when I was living in a house in Guadalajara, in Casa Jesus, and and what happened was a Brazilian girl was sleeping up, upstairs in the guest room. I got up around 3 a.m. I went around my room burning sage, and I said, you know, get out of my room because burning sage is is what you do to uh, to remove spirits. And it tends to work pretty well, so I I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, so, I've heard that too. I've heard it kind yeah. of like it, it it outlines the perimeter of the reality, like mm. of, of the of the, oh, okay. the three dimensional space. Way of putting it, yeah, that's cool. Because then, then that way the the smoke is kind of like it maps out. Yeah. What's what's physical? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden they can't travel through walls and things. I, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I, I just heard things like that. That's interesting. Yeah. So so what happened this time was um, the the Brazilian. Uh, the young Brazilian lady upstairs, um, a, fr- a friend of my housemates, um, around the same time, ab- about 3 a.m., she had a strange experience. And w- when we woke up, we were s- sitting around having breakfast or whatever, and um, so the, uh, Marjorie was like, oh, I had something uh, weird happen last night and I had to run out of my room. Uh, and my, my other housemate, M- Martina, was like, Oh, there was like a bug in your room, a, a wasp or something, and, and she's like, "No, no," uh, and being really vague about it. And uh, and when she said, when, when I saw that she was deliberately being vague, I said, "I know, I know what you're talking about because I have a ghost in my room too." And um, that's and, kind of a weird thing to bring up to say. It's I know what you're talking about. I have a ghost in my room too. <laughs> but I, yeah, but it was obvious to me what what had happened to her when she was being vague about it. Yeah, and, and she would have heard that and, and knew exactly that you that you knew. Like yeah, she would have known. You know exactly what happened to her. Yeah, well, not not exactly because um, her experience was um, what was probably stronger than mine because she had sleep paralysis. No, um, not an old hag because it was ma- a male spirit in her room. Um, she she had this hypnopompic experience. There was a there was a dude, a black figure sitting in the corner of a room. Every time she looked, it would get closer until it was laying next to her in bed. Creepy. At first, she was like, "Oh, it's it's just Manuel, my my housemate." Um, but of course, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it, it was this black figure, and and when it got close, it said to her, "Oh, it's so nice that you're in this state, so I can talk to you." And communicate with you and and when he said that she was like oh fuck this she yeah, she, was, <laughs> she, she jumped going. up ran out of the room and she ran in and and uh slept in my housemate's room instead so <laughs> I, I think when, when you mentioned that she was hoping it was or she, no she thought it was manuel yeah she was hoping it was manuel <laughs> yeah. she was trying to rationalize what could be happening yes and, di- yes. and didn't want to jump to think i have a, a demon <laughs> spirit in my room that wants to jump in bed with me yeah yeah <laughs> No, nobody really wants to think that. <laughs> I, I believe Mexico's got more power for, uh, for things like that. I think Mexico, yes. the fact that as a collective Mexican people, yeah. they, they believe. Yeah. Like, because they, everyone believes in this stuff. Mm. It, it exists. It's like we're almost creating ourselves. Mm. I mean, I, I did say that these were like, these are the mountains of, of ghosts and mm. a lot of things happen. It's like there's so many, there's hundreds and hundreds of years of stories just, just mm. within my own family. Yes. About things, weird things, miracles, ghosts, it's so much. And it's just, just my family. All these houses have stories. Mm. And I think um, when we come as a group, like when the whole family comes up and there's like, what, six or so cars here and as a, as a big group of family, we're kind of, we're protected by the fact that nobody wants anything to happen. 
but I've had uncles that come out here by themselves or with a couple mates, yeah. and they tell me way different stories. Yeah. Like I, I remember telling you that the darkness or the blackness here. Yes. He's like pitch black. Yes. At night, and you can you can only see a meter in front of you. Yeah. Like we didn't get to experience that, mm. but I think it's that's probably a combination of night fog, mm. and you just can't see. Where, where it wasn't, it wasn't even really that cold this year. Mm. It's kind of weird. Mm. But you know, climate change, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of that going on. Yeah, maybe uh, it's something to do with it. I, I think we should plan. You said you wanted to come out here again. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the smaller crew, and then yeah. you know, we'll, we'll go document what we find down the river at midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I think it's good. Cool. Um, so I guess that's, a, <laughs> that's like a final note. Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I loved coming out here. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's such a good escape, but uh, Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robertson. Aaron Battle. Uh, look us up on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble. At Battle AZ. Yep, so press like, press press comment, and, and tell us something interesting. Maybe you've got some own, uh, stories of your own to tell us. Uh, press subscribe, and Don't have a great New Year. to stay conscious. Yes. <laughs> stay alive. <laughs> All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>